Hello, everybody, and how are you today? Well, uh, thank you, Janet Lee. That was a gorgeous presentation, and your technique is just becoming expertise. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. And uh, we're having a few problems. My mic just supposed to have been off was on, and, and uh, it was bleeding through, and... Some of the computer programs weren't working, uh, but hey, here we are, and there you are, we hope. We hope you didn't uh, fuss out on us and take off, but I mean, if you did, I'm sure you'll be coming back when we have it posted. So, here we go today.
and we're dairy of uh, the the uh, diary. I can't seem to get the cows out of the barn. The diary of Mary Magdalene, and uh, we are continuing with the father's house and and the father and some of these things. Uh, it should be very interesting today. Uh, some of the things that I want to say and cover, and we're just going to go for it. So, uh, you know, tie down your uh, your seat and get comfortable, and here we go. Now, I want to talk about the um, the essentialities. I had someone say to me the other day. Why do you need to teach on this thing about Mary Magdalene? There's, you know, the, he just was perplexed because, you know, it, it is a controversial subject. But you know what? I'm the manifester. And it doesn't matter to me if it's controversial. And it doesn't matter to me that there may be people that don't believe it. What does matter to me is that I'm being obedient to my Father which art in heaven, and I am preaching the word that he gave me to preach. That's what matters. It's important that I follow the expediency and the dialogue of the Holy Spirit. And whether there will be persons that won't believe or will believe, that's all in the hands of God. I will say this. I have had a wave of people who have written me, who have called me, who have e emailed and have voiced their acclamation of the dynamics of this teaching and of their faith and belief in it. So while there may be one or two uh, that we've run into, and I think at the most it's actually I can only think of one person, but there may be others who are having a little problem with the teaching. God bless them and help them. But we're not shutting down this word. <laughs> if anything, it's going to get more intense, as you will see today in this teaching of essentialities of, uh, via the, the Father's uh, message of the diary of Mary Magdalene. Sensualities. Okay, let's talk about the sensualities of the marriage of, uh, of, of, of uh, you know, of Jesus Christ with Mary Magdalene, of the Son of Man with Mary Magdalene. You know, why, why was that important? I want to tell you, it wasn't just important, it was essential. Absolutely essential. And perhaps you need to really get this down in your mind, that there is a factor in the Old Testament that belongs, in my opinion, to paganism. And Jesus made it his business to say, Moses said this, but I say. Moses said, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but he says, I say. You know, pray for your enemies. Jesus taught diverse. It wasn't to destroy the law, but it was to say it was incredibly inadequate as far as fulfilling the posture of the love of God. And Jesus came to fulfill the law 
and to fulfill the love of God, which, which in all the death and, and, and the, laws of, of the law of the curse could not be expedient and could not be forthcoming. And so when you see what was done to women in the Old Testament, how that they were, they were, they were treated despitefully, then you come to understand that this message is an essentiality. And if you don't see this, then I want to tell you by the Holy Spirit that you are in that much darkness. You are blinded that much. Because this message is the message of God. It's the message of the hour. It's the message by the Holy Spirit. And the people that would not be able to see that this is from God, they are blinded. Their eyes are blinded. And it's because they have some of that same ideology an idiom of mentality in them that puts women in a subdued and secondary place. Now, according to the Bible, as I understand it from Galatians, in Jesus Christ there is neither male nor female. By that scripture alone is, obs is absolved any of this kind of treatment of making women second-class citizens and doing the things that is being done even in the world today. There are major religions out there that are paganistic in their attitude toward women. I just heard through the news here a couple days ago where there were something like about four uh, Muslim ladies and, and it pictured them sitting and they were just sort of clapping their hands and sort of, you know, uh, keeping their head moving with the music, which they called dancing. And, and when it was found out that they did that at this marriage, uh, and I, I'm just telling you the, the news that, that they had heard, they hadn't been able to find the bodies to verify it, but the saying was that they had been killed and their torture for doing this, for this just this dancing, even though they were totally cloaked and covered with all their religious garments, was to be, each one be gang-raped and buried alive. Now, there's women in this world today in religious uh, uh, concepts that they don't want them to go to school. They don't want them to be educated. And that they have no choice of who they marry. And they basically are slaves. And I want to tell you that Jesus came to liberate the women. And this marriage of Jesus with Mary Magdalene was an essentiality of that deliverance. And if you don't get that, then you don't get the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't get the gospel of Jesus Christ because God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It included the whole world. It didn't select it to be specialized for men and, and, and just barely make it in for women. That is fraud. That is religious. That is religious controversy to the kingdom of God in the utmost. And God has put it upon me to preach against this thing 
because it is a plan of Satan to cut out one half of the population of the world and make them so that they are not able to really uh, participate the way they're intended to participate as whole human subjects of living entities that have the same rights as anybody else has. So, there is a thing in the Old Testament. You know, uh, women who experienced menstrual periods were considered unclean and needed to be forgiven of their sins. And we see all kinds of examples where there were um, in, incredible, incredible things that were done uh, that are just absolutely astounding uh, that, that it's telling about um, that, that were laws. Like, like, for instance, um, the birth of a son is different from the, having the birth of, 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 of a daughter. And uh, so if, uh, you know, uh, if a man's semen went out, he was polluted for only one day. But the menstrual pollution... Uh, was, you know, a, a week. Uh, the birth of a daughter uh, was different than the birth of a son. The birth of a son uh, called for a ritual cleansing for eight days and then 30 days of absence from the temple of, to worship. But the birth of a daughter called for a ritual cleaning of two weeks and a 60-day absence from the temple worship. And it just goes on and on and on throughout the Old Testament in the Levitical law of rituals that have to do uh, with supposed uh, purity laws. And, and uh, uh, you know, Jesus violated those purity laws. When he was touched by the woman who had uh, 12 years uh, of, of bleeding, uh, fr from a, a, a medical problem that she had. Uh, and he said, who touched me? Virtue went out. When uh, he uh, went and he touched a 12-year-old girl that was dead, but he didn't call her dead. He said, she is sleeping. And oh, they made fun of that. Oh, sleeping, oh, she's dead. But if she's sleeping, in that terminology, then to touch her, to heal her it does not break the, the Levitical purity laws. But if she's dead, then if he touches her, then he has broken the purity laws and he's not supposed to be able to even go to the temple to minister or even enter into the temple and all kinds of other things. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that was not God's revelation. That was God as a representative's revelation. People who were in the, the priesthood, people were, who were in ministerial positions, and who, who received things, sometimes that were direct from God, other times that were direct from their own mind. But they were in, the, in a position of representing God, and so this teaching is absolutely backed by the Scripture. And I've done teachings on it, which you can find on some of the, the uh, blogs that I've done. And 
they would make the make these laws and and then they would say it was from god uh but but it was not the perfect will of god that's why we see how that jesus changed a lot of those laws and some people say well there's evidence that when he healed the leopards, he told him to go and show himself before the priest. And there's different things that he did do that acquiesced, uh, you know, those purity laws. Absolutely. Because Jesus came not to destroy the law. And he recognized uh, the state of things. The, the, the uh, fact that the nation was, was under constant martial law, under the Roman Empire, the fact that, that uh, there was tremendous tensions uh, within the religiosity of, of, the, of the temple and the people of the temple because there were those who, who were, um, uh, you know, outfitted in their minds to do rebellion and that these rebellions could end up getting all the Jews uh, practically killed. Uh, and so he, Jesus understood that, plus he also understood that until Jesus had finished his ministry and until Jesus said, it is finished, that some of those tenants, uh, tenants of, the, of the law uh, were allowed to still be kept in place until the temple, uh, and the, the veil of the temple was rent in two. And then that that law could be could be said to be set aside by Jesus Christ, and he could say it is finished. I have done it. So sure, he he, he recognized that understanding that that, that there was a timepiece. But Jesus touched uh, with his own hands a leopardous skin, which was breaking uh, the code uh, of the uh, Levitical purity. And uh, which would have, should have made him unclean. Uh, he healed people on the Sabbath, which he broke that law. Um, he uh, came in and uh, and uh, you know uh, uh, kicked out the money changers. Said this is a house of prayer, not a a house of of, of commerce. Um, he did all kinds of things that um, was would not be sanctified with the Levitical order and the priesthood of that day. And eventually, of course, they crucified him. But the thing of it is, we've got to get it straight, and we've got to get this understood, that, that there was a, a style that was being uh, set up as though it was the will of God. There was a, a, a treatment of, of people and of, of women that was being set up as though it was God's oracle. But they were not God's oracles. They were not God. They were man as represented. And, and man that was just coming out of, of, of paganism. And, and, and that was, you know, pretty beastly in their mentalities. And they loved war. And, and, and they, they loved gory uh, uh, type of, of, uh, of warfare that, that was bloody and deadly and, and, and uh, uh, tributary to the people they conquered. Okay, so when we begin to see these things, we begin to understand part of the ministry of Jesus. That part of the ministry of Jesus was to show that Jesus did not have some kind of uh, unusual son of man attitude toward the women. Jesus allowed his disciples to be financed by women. He allowed the women to become in and, and, and to be secret uh, disciples. 
uh, he allowed them to be in a lot of their functions and, and be active in a lot of the things they were doing. Uh, Jesus understood that women had to be set free. Now, some of you people that don't understand, and we're not talking about reincarnation. Excuse me. We're not talking about reincarnation. We're talking about regeneration, which is Bible, which does happen sometimes when a person does, for some reason, uh, need to come back to fulfill the scripture, which says that there is a there is a time and a chance for everyone, and that people are going to get the same time and they're going to get an equal chance, and that's scripture. So unless we follow the scripture, and, and we do the whole contextuality of the Bible. You can't pluck up one little verse out of one scripture and one book and then say, this is the law. That isn't how it works. The whole Bible has to coordinate. And, and where something is wrong in that book, then, then the part that corrects that part that is wrong and shows it to be wrong then becomes the classified uh, uh, and proverbial uh, statement uh, that, that overrides that verse and brings forth the truth of what the verse is supposed to say in regard to freeing mankind from any of those verses that are not applicable uh, to the higher uh, love of Jesus Christ. So when we begin to see this thing of, of this violation uh, of the purity laws that, that uh, Jesus did, um, uh, that the the Levitical priesthood did not like at all. Uh, we began to understand he, he he was he was presenting a message, and so it was absolutely essential that the Son of God uh, be a person who could be touched, you know. And and it it, it was essential, like like um, uh, you know, one of the, the the men of God says, we we touched him, we felt him, we we lived with him, we saw him. And they describe this thing of, of this physical touching, this the be, physically being in his presence. And even that song, he touched me, oh, he touched me. How important that is to be touched by a Jesus Christ. When you were there, when he was there in the flesh, when he was there in the body that the Bible says that in John, the first chapter, and, and the Word was made flesh. When he was there in, in the, the, uh, the miracle of that Word being made flesh, and he had a, a body after the order of Abraham and, and, and after the order of Melchizedek, um, it is so important to understand then that, uh, just like the Scripture said, it is not good for man to be alone. There is some important factor there why God decided to make the first woman. And we're not talking about the primitive people who did not have souls that, that, pre, that preceded the first man with a soul, who was Adam. But we're talking about when this man with a soul who represented this divinity level. Because now here was a consciousness of God in a way that the, the primitive uh, humans out there uh, had no likeness of. And, and so... Uh, it would be easy to say, oh, well, this man is so divine. But you know, one of the things that had to happen is that God had a plan. And this plan was that man had to give birth from his own body parts, from his bones, from his own flesh. And the Bible says that, that the woman came out of the man. 
And that had to happen so, 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 that, so that the man could get the story. And the Bible says when, when, when a woman and a man be, become married, they become one. They're joined together as one entity. And, and so when people go out here and try to separate that oneness and, and try to make man to be supreme and woman to, to be some kind of, of, of slave-driven creature uh, that is just made uh, to, be, to be a sexual fulfillment for the, for the man or to be a, a, a slave grunt, uh, that is anti to the whole purpose of the Bible. It's anti to the whole revelation of that man was to give birth to a woman. Man was to give, to bring forth this woman out of his own bones and flesh and blood. And then we, we get to the virgin birth. So that the, the virgin birth, this was so important, this was so essential to happen. The virgin birth was, was a really important revelation about this whole thing I, I am talking about, about purity. And these Levitical laws, which were not of God, never were of God. They were allowed by God, but they were not his perfect will. They were definitely only his allowable will. And so now as we begin to, to see and to understand and begin to get the, the, the awesomeness of, of this message that was intoned in the determination of Jesus Christ to liberate and to set free uh, 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 one half of the people who were in bondage of servitude and, and who were made second, third-rate citizens, that, that God caused there to be a woman who did not have intercourse with a man. So he was, she was not penetrated by a man in order to get semen to have, to have a baby. But the Holy Spirit moved in her and transmitted that seed by, pro, uh, by progeny, uh, of deferred progeny. But there was no penetration in that sense, no physical intercourse in that sense, but it was done by the Holy Spirit. Now, if this having a baby is so anti-pure, and breaks purative, purative laws, and, and you've got to be, um, you're, you're considered to have sinned, and, and you've got to be uh, uh, made to abstain from being in the, in the presence of, of, of the temple, uh, uh, then we really, really uh, have, uh, uh, you know, a, a funny bone of thinking in people's, uh, you know, in pe people's pyramidal bone set. Uh, I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that this is so important, what happened here with, with, with Mary and how that she was chosen to give birth to man. And the Holy Ghost didn't consider uh, having a birth, going through, going through uh, the, the part there uh, just beyond the minstrel and, and bringing forth a child by the Holy Spirit. Didn't, the Holy Spirit did not consider that to be impure. And so when we go out here and we start saying you're impure, we say, hey, whoa, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit did this. The Holy Spirit was involved in this birth of, of a child and all the physical aspects of it. So now... Why will you make a woman to be un, you know, not be pure because of of 
given birth uh, to a child, especially if she gives birth to a girl. Ladies and gentlemen, that kind of corrupt, dogmatic, ignorant, sinful, anti-love program is coming to an end. God is going to God is going to bring an end to all of the mouths that proclaim it. He's going to bring an end to all the churches that teach it. There's not going to be left one stone upon another, just like the temple of Jerusalem that was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. You're going to see these things come to pass in the, in, in the course of time. That cursed doctrine that does not recognize Galatians that says, in Jesus Christ there is neither male nor female. Why don't people get on with it? Why don't they catch on? Why don't they catch on and realize uh, the importance that, that this thing with, with both Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was an exact example to show that Jesus was, was, bringing, was elevating uh, the, the woman. Uh, man gave birth to his own wife. But the woman gave birth to the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lord, the God of the world. Who do you think should have the most acclaim? Who do you think? Well, I will tell you this, you know, uh, and, and this, this is very, very important uh, to get down into your noggin. And that is... That here's what it had to say about about you know Mary. All generations shall cause her blessed. And I want to tell you the generations that don't call her blessed are 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 anti to to uh, the the teaching of the Bible and the teaching of the New Testament. And why is it that all generations shall call her blessed? It's because she is representing a coming out of all of the women who were not blessed. She is representing an overcoming of, 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 of that story. Uh, and not that every element of it could be put into the fullest exercise during her, even her life on earth. But the action was put into the vibrations of the soundtrons and, and would from that time forward go forth and have, have an everlasting effect uh, of that message, uh, which such as is being preached right now today is being preached. And, and she was blessed. Yeah, now, where do, you, where do you have a place in the scripture that talks about any man? And we're not talking about Jesus Christ, who, the, the Lord God, but any, any of just human being out there who is going to be blessed for all generations. You know? Let, let, let's, let's get the story down, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and uh, uh, let's look at the situation. You know, uh, we do know that there were some people that, that, that God, in spite of their sins, like Abraham, and like, like, like you know, Abraham who took his own son in the mode of that old uh, idea of, uh, of, of uh, sacrifice of your own children, was about to sacrifice his own son. And the angel stopped him. And that, that people, in spite of themselves, God pardons their violations, and, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't impute those sins against them. Same thing with David.
Look at David and the things that, besides murder, that he did, and and breaking almost every kind of law you can imagine. And yet God said that David was a man after His own heart, and that was because God did not impute those sins against him because he was forgiven of his sins, and so God did not look at him with those sins tied around his, his body and neck, but he looked at him as though those sins had never happened because David recognized and said in Psalms that blessed is the man whose sins are not imputed against him. Wow. Wow. So Mary was said that all generations shall call her blessed. Now, it's interesting. In Mark 4, 14, 3 and through 5, there was this lady that came in and with spikenard worth 300 pence, valued today would be about 20,000, and uh, and uh, she and that which would be about a year's labor uh, uh, in that in that day in which she lived uh, three hundred pence, and um, she she took this uh, ointment and and she put on Jesus, and the Bible says that Judas spoke up and said, "What are you doing? Why wasn't this sold and the money given to the poor?" And then it says, "From that time on, Judas began to plan and a plot." to betray the Son of God from that time on. Now we see how that the devil possessed him, and we see how that <clears throat> it was written in the Old Testament that the son of perdition would, would kick up his heels against his own friend and would betray Jesus, that it was all Bible. And Jesus said, I've lost none but the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And, and we see that that, um, uh, that that was such an intense subject that from that point on, he plotted, he started planning to betray the Lord. We also see that, that this woman who had actually done the service, that she was only doing that in proxy for Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene had paid for it. She had the money. This other lady didn't have the money. This other lady would not have known uh, something that only someone very close to Christ could know, that it was, it was being done for his burial. But Mary Magdalene knew it, and Mary Magdalene, due to the political situation, uh, not being able to really go to that event, had uh, this lady come in and do the proxy, so, and Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that it was a memorial to him and that it was being done for his burial. And he knew it was Mary Magdalene that, that had put this woman in as a proxy. Now, it's interesting that it says there that from this time on, that, that, the, this, the, because of this, the, the act by this woman would be a memorial to the whole world. Now, when you look up that thing 
In Matthew 26, 13, you find that the, that the Greek word for world is cosmos. So what it's basically saying, this act was so incredulous. This act was so spiritual. This act was so vast. This memorial uh, to the, to the uh, anointing of the body of Jesus Christ uh, for burial was so in, such a revelation, such a knowledge, such an important uh, movement by the Holy Spirit that this woman would be memorialized and, and remembered before the whole world. And because it was the word cosmos, it means before the whole universe. Don't somebody, don't somebody come along and tell me that this virgin birth and this thing involved with Mary Magdalene wasn't exceptional to almost anything that ever had been done on earth before and that these were women, chosen women to do this job and that there was a message here that the spirit and the bride say, come, God is calling, you know, there is a, a kingship and there is a queenship. And, and they've done everything they could to, to take that away by, by translations in the Bible uh, of, of people who were bound under those false doctrines. <coughs> and so this is liberation time. This is revelation time. This is manifester time to let the world know that Jesus Christ does not have respecter of persons. That in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so all these things that people are getting all perturbed about and making all these purity rules about and trying to put a, a power over the women. Even the apostles, they were still drenched with all that kind of doctrination. It was taking them years to really understand what Jesus said. They couldn't even remember that Jesus said, I'll meet you in Galilee. They couldn't even rem remember that he said, I'm going I'm, I'm to you know, be put to death for this cause. They couldn't get a lot of things straight, but they began to remember as time went on and on. But there were some people that, that you know, like James and John, the sons, the sons of thunder, they remembered some of these things. And it wasn't long before Peter began to come into them. And they were, they were those who were allowed to go up to the, the mount uh, of transfiguration and see these, these awesome things that were to happen. So we cannot take away the virgin mother. She is memorialized in this world forever. We cannot take away the wife, Mary Magdalene. She is memorialized forever. And this is for all generations of the whole world, meaning the whole universe. And people that try to take that away, they destroy the scriptures, like the revelation in Mark 16, 9. For the word first that we showed you was, was uh, from the word, uh, uh, Greek word proton, 44, 12 in the Greek, Greek con uh, concordance. And it meant chief at the beginning, first of all, before, former. Outstanding, first in the ranks of the disciples and the apostles, that's in parentheses. 
and captain, champion, champion, ring, ring person, ring leader, firstborn, born again. This is Bible referring to Mary Magdalene. That's that proton uh, a motive force of nature uh, had the power of uncoupling the agents in biology and that had been in deferment and moving through her as she was put into this proton mentality to be a woman who would bypass a man as I have taught you from Jeremiah 31, 22. She bypassed a man and became, became a, a person who was to ha have a m memorial of memory about her uh, of, of, for throughout the whole universe. And so people want to take that away. Why do they want to take that away? Because the devil wants it to be taken away. Satan wants to be taken away. He, he wants to destroy the virgin birth. He wants to destroy uh, the memorial of Mary Magdalene and, and this th thing of, of, of understanding uh, her position. And, and so, yes, a woman shall buy, compass a man. Blessed be the name of God. Uh, there's great and powerful things. And, and people try to make fun about this thing about Mary, the mother of Jesus, being a virgin. It says, no, really, it means she was a young woman. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a young woman or if it's a man. The Bible gives us scripture, 2 Corinthians 11.1, 1, about virgins being re, uh, remade. 1 Corinthians 7.37, it talks about male virgins. And, and, and this is just talking about a state of, 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 of being in the anointing and the calling and doing the right things that, that you're supposed to do uh, for God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Wow. So the essentiality of the marriage of Jesus Christ, absolutely. The essentiality of the of the uh, of the of the of the virgin birth, absolutely. And Jesus touching the leopards, when he touched them and healed them, he broke the law of purity. But he didn't let that stop him from healing them. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He did things the opposite way. Instead of having to kiss the hand of or bow down before uh, the, the, the priest, he wanted to be seen with a towel washing the feet of his disciples. What a different way of, 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 of teaching. What a different way of living. Wow. Wow. I just think that is so absolutely awesome and incredible. I just praise the living God. I, I thank God uh, for this word uh, of, um, of spiritual transmission and how that uh, by the Holy Ghost, God is revealing these things. And um, uh, he's, he's, he, he, Jesus is saying uh, this word, uh, uh, let no man call unclean what God has made clean. When God revealed to, to Paul uh, these different kinds of, uh, or I think it was, maybe it was Peter, these different kinds of birds and animals that were unclean and, and, and said, eat. And he said, well, I can't eat of these. These are unclean birds. 
and and God said, "Let no one, uh, let no one call unclean what God hath made." Wow, wow. I, I think that sometimes you know that people when they that are married, that and and, and people that have mothers. Uh, and and that have brothers and sisters and fathers, uh, you know the Bible is is really important. It says, uh, honor your mother and your father. And 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 so why does it say that? Why does it equally say that about the father and the mother? Because I think that sometimes it's like what Jesus said: Who is your mother? Who is your brother? Who is your sister? Who is your father? Who is your wife? Who is your husband? Well, the, when you really have a true husband and a true wife, when you really have a true mother and a true father, when you really have a true brother and a true sister, according to Jesus, it will be those that do the will of God that relates to the relationship duties that are divine examples uh, to the church under God of, of what the husbandman ministry of the church is. That's when you really know who the mother is and the father is who the wife is and the husbandman is. Wow, wow. Uh, it's like Jesus when he met that woman at the well. And, and, and you know, and she says, uh, I don't have a husband. He says, well, uh, in John 4, 7 through 15, you have had five husbands, but the man that you live with now is not your husband. Oh, how, how could you know that? <laughs> the Spirit knows. There are things, you know, like, like, uh, in in the old-fashioned uh, uh, purity laws and all those kind of things, um, uh, they could be so cruel to the women. But but when they came to this city to conquer it, and they ran into this prostitute Rahab, who was a you know a prostitute. That's how she made her living, and she did that up upon the wall. And they went in and talked with her, and and she says, uh, "I want to save myself and my family." And they said, well, if you'll do this and put out this scarlet, uh, scarlet line uh, and you'll help us to get out of here, then uh, your, you and your family will be saved. And, uh, and it doesn't matter that you're a foreigner. And it doesn't matter that you're a woman. And it doesn't matter that you're a, you're, you're a prostitute. And it doesn't matter that your family are foreigners. It doesn't matter that we're destroying all the rest of the, of the people that are, that, that are of your culture and, and that are of your tribes. Uh, we'll save you alive. Uh, isn't it interesting how that um, for saving someone's own skin, they can make laws that overcome, uh, over, overcome prostitution, curse, overcome the, and, and don't take that wrong. I'm not putting anybody down but I'm saying if they've made anything a curse and 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 we want to stone them for it but then suddenly uh, if they do them a little favor to save their skin uh, they can be welcomed into the family welcomed into the camp and 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 all can be forgiven and they can come and be placed even become a part of the divine lineage <laughs> isn't it interesting uh, we don't need that kind of religion we don't need that kind of religion that that uh, that's one-sided, and and uh, and we're 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 getting into this this uh, thing of God that is uh, moving by the Spirit, and and uh, he is he is teaching us in a way that that we are going to understand the Lord. 
Now, we were talking about the Father's house, and we talked about John fifteen fifteen. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I have made knowing, I have made known unto, unto you. <clears throat> and there are also many other things which Jesus did. It's another scripture. Um, this is John twenty one twenty five. The first one was John fifteen fifteen. Uh, uh, that should be written. Uh, and if all the books were written that should be written, I suppose the world couldn't contain them. Um, and, and John ten sixteen, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I must bring. And notice they have to be brought because they're someplace else. They're, they're in Artura. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. One day that is going to be the way God is going to do it. That's going to be how God is going to, going to, going to, to bring it uh, together. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, now um, let's uh, let's read out of Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter five, and let's begin with uh, uh, verse fourteen. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, all were dead, and that he, and and that he died for all. They which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, uh, but unto him which, which died for them that rose again. Wherefore, and this means causation, because of what was just said, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth we know him not any more. Now there will be people try to, to use that scripture to say that, that Christ uh, did not leave this world with his physical body. But there's lots of scripture to prove that. And he went on up to Artura, uh, to the Father's house to, to make a place for us. But what this is talking about is that once you come into the revelation of transassimilation, where you are eating his flesh and drinking his blood in the sense of living his life of blood and living uh, his um, uh, body life, uh, that that you are no longer uh, are in a relationship with him in in the body contact phase. You are in a relationship with him uh, in the Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit phase. That doesn't do away with the ministry of the body, because uh, as long as this universe goes on, angels will need to continue. They they will need to continue using physical bodies as a medium for communication. And so anybody gets into that. So it goes on, it says in 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And this is the meaning of that. Of that. And all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto him, uh, self by Jesus Christ, and given, us, uh, given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Wow. Wow. Uh, that, that's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And, and, and uh, when, we, when we begin to see the word in the real true light of what it really means, you know, then, then it, it is such a, a gorgeous revelation. It is such, you know, 
uh, a beautiful thing. We, we, you know, we, we are to know no man of the flesh. Uh, we are to know them spirit to spirit and by the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, you might read also 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And, and the Bible talks about flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. And, and uh, we've got all those scriptures. Flesh, uh, flesh, but there's flesh body. There's, when we look up the word flesh, we have to understand that it has a lot of different meanings. Sometimes it's just talking about the flesh body. Other times it's talking about human na- nature. Other times it's talking about carnal human passions. <coughs> so we have to be sure. We have to be sure we get it straight. You know? Now, Jesus in John 6, 56, 61, uh, he says, uh, 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 he says, um, and, eight, and uh, let's look at also 8, um, we're going to get in 8, 15. Well, let me, let me turn over there to John because, wow, there's some, some beautiful, beautiful things. We're, we're going to be doing a lot of work here in the book of John because it, it's a lot about the Father. But as we get into 651, uh, you know, um, here, here, here's what it says. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now that world means the universe. And Jesus therefore strove, and the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh, his flesh to eat? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood uh, dwelleth in me, and I in him. And, and this is, is one of the most important revelations that Jesus ever spoke, because that revelation is, is about uh, the revelation of, of transassimilation. Of, of, of taking on Jesus Christ and becoming Jesus Christ. And it's like this story that I tell sometimes about when I went before the pearly gates and I gave him my name, Jerry Lee, I couldn't get in. And then as the Lord by the Holy Spirit began to reveal, I, I was, had the wrong name. And then I went back up and I said, uh, and they said, and what is your name, sir? And I said, uh, Jesus Christ. They said, oh yes, that's registered, you can come in. We, we, we've, we've come into this place where we have to eat his flesh. We have to take on that flesh life. We have to take on that blood life, which is, which is his life. And, and we have to live that life. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean that we have to go through all the, the sorrows that he did and all, the, all, of, all of these torturing things that he went through because he has done it for us. And that's why it's so important to take on his life because in his life, uh, he has made an end of the sentence of death that was written in our bodies. And, and, and he has brought to a close all of the curses. And, and so as long as we are in Jesus Christ, uh, it, it is so absolutely beautiful, uh, you know, uh, of, of, of the meaning of that. You know, the Bible, the Bible gives us the scripture and it says that, uh, that the callings, uh, that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And so when someone is living in Christ and they have accepted Christ and they have gotten forgiveness and, and God has not imputed their sins and they're in Christ uh, and, 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 and they have gifts of the Spirit, uh, 
they can use those gifts and they're they're moved on by the holy spirit and there's no repentance that is necessary because they are have eaten his flesh and drank his blood and and they are transassimilated in christ and those sins are not imputed against them and and, and if if they are have those gifts and the, and callings they are under anointing and they're ministering the word just like it was done with David, just like it was done with a lot of the men of God, Abraham. Uh, you know, the same thing applies to us today in Jesus Christ. Now, if you have been forgiven of your sins, and you've asked the Lord to forgive your sins, and he's forgiven them, and he's given you a pardon, it's just like in, in civil, uh, in, in uh, criminal law, uh, where recently a governor uh, pardoned uh, several uh, pretty bad criminals and and uh, that pardon meant it was it was as if they had never been uh, uh, criminals if they had never been uh, committed those acts uh, all of those things were wiped out as 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 a record against them uh, they were totally pardoned of, of everything Jesus pardons us of all of our things. Now, for any of you people who have been pardoned by Jesus Christ, and, and you're into this work of transassimilation, and you're taking on the flesh of Christ and on the blood of Christ, uh, and Jesus has forgiven you, uh, you know, Bible says it's a shame to mention those things that were done in the flesh. So if you just keep talking about the sins that you committed and those things, uh, you are bringing almost like a curse upon the, the act of forgiveness and upon the crucifixion of, uh, that was given for your sins to make this incredible transition possible. So you don't keep mentioning your sins because they're, they're pardoned, they're forgiven. And if someone says, well, have you ever committed any sins? Well, in Jesus Christ, you have not. Those sins are pardoned. They're gone. They're wiped off the books. They're cast away as far as, far as the furthest sea. Praise be the name of God. That's, that's Bible. That's, what, that's what's taught in the Bible. And once you begin to get this understanding, you become a new creature. And the old stuff isn't on there. You don't have an old piece of cloth uh, sewn on to a new cloth because one rinsed the other. So the old story is gone and you're into a complete new story. And, and so when Christ has uh, anointed your ministry and, and when, when God can say things about David who, who, who murdered a man, a man to, to, get his, to get his wife uh, and then yet he, he pardoned him and he said David is a, is a person after my own heart because he pardoned him and he cleansed him. But, you know, David didn't get to transcend because he's going to come back and he has a ministry yet to do, uh, at, you know, in, at a further time in, in the future. And so it's extremely interesting. Even this man that was killed uh, uh, and, and his wife taken uh, for David's wife, uh, he will get merit for that. There will be merit to go to him. And so anything that, that people suffer for others and, and, and so forth, uh, even things that women have suffered, there is merit that piles up. Just like the Bible talks about this person who who's, um, uh, has had a memorial that, that you know, it, it just grew and grew and grew. It, it got greater and greater statue until the angels came down and began to minister to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
It's a beautiful thing when we let go and let God. Now, Jesus said in John 51, 56 through 6 and 63, judge no man after the flesh. And in another place, he says that he did not come to judge. He did not come into the world to judge. Now, someone will say, well, I, I, there's a scripture that says that he did. Well, I, I, I'm aware of that scripture, uh, you know, where it says that. Let's turn over to, uh, to, uh, to, to that scripture, and, and uh, we'll just read it in uh, chapter 8. Um, in verse uh, uh, 15, it says, uh, You judge after the flesh, uh, I judge no man. Uh, and then it goes on and says, Yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. And uh, then down a little ways, uh, you know, it, it, it says, um, I have many things to say and to judge of you. But you see, we have to understand that in some of the translations, uh, they, their choice of choosing the word was not always correct. And uh, in this case here, there are several other more appropriate words that would be used there. And, and one would be to discern, one would be charge, one would be condemn, and the other would be call in question. I sort of like to call in question. I have many things to say and to call in question about you. But he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. And, and so uh, uh, we have to be very, very careful that we don't get onto one scripture because we have to understand the whole layout, that, that there's going to be a judgment at the end of the world. And, and the thrones are going to come down. And, and there's going to be these, these top angels from all the different universes that are in these thrones. And there's going to be a judgment of all, all the people, those that have done right, those that haven't done right, those that are pardoned, those who are not pardoned. And, and, and that's when the judgment's really going to happen. In the meanwhile, you know, Jesus said, you know, I'm not going to judge you. And, 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 and Paul wrote and said, you know, that even right now, you know, that we are not under, the, the, under guilt. You know, we are not under guilt. That God has delivered us through Jesus by the Holy Spirit from that guilt. So, so uh, this has to apply to, lay, to women also. It, it, it had to apply uh, to, to Mary, the mother of Jesus, to Mary Magdalene, the wife of, of Jesus. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, let's just uh, keep uh, moving on uh, and uh, just get into all these uh, uh, other important aspects. Um, now, in, in the past, you know, I, I've talked about the profile. It's been a while since I talked about that, of Mary Magdalene, and how that uh, she's from the town of, of Magdala, and that's part of why she has the last name Magdalene. And it's a town well known by Jesus and his disciples. Check that out in Matthew 15, 39. It was one of the ten cities located on the shores of Galilee. And Magdala was the largest. Historically, it was estimated in Jesus' time to have a population of thirty to 40,000 persons and a mix of people, Jewish and non-Jewish uh, type of people, according to Josephus. Now, the very name of, of Magdalene or Magdala uh, uh, aromatically um, me means um, uh, the location uh, you know means fish tower and uh, and uh, and uh, 
Magdala was located where the Sea of Galilee reaches its greatest width. Historically, Magdala was a commercial fish port and a boat building center. And, uh, and of course, that could be found in the Talmud. And the Greek name uh, for Magdala, uh, you know, uh, was very important uh, in, in, in its representation, and it was located approximately three miles from the town of Tiberias. Tiberias is another name for the Sea of Galilee. But Tiberias was the name uh, given by Herod Antipas, uh, who was the youngest son of the deceased Herod the Great. And um, Herod Antipas built Tiberias as the capital of Galilee, on the western shore of Galilee, and, and he ruled Galilee and, and uh, other nearby territories. Um, as said, Magdala was only about three miles distance from Tiberias, and, and Capernaum was only a few miles from Magdala. Now, uh, as we begin to get into this, Joseph mentions a wealthy a Galilean town with prosperous fish factories. Uh, the Greek name uh, that represented it meant prosperous uh, fisheries. Mary Magdalene was, in, was a business owner of fish processing business listed under, uh, under Herod's uh, Antipas taxation code of fish, fish processor. Wow. She was well known to Jesus and the disciples who sold most, who sold most of their caught fish the fish they caught to her. Wow. So, so uh, Mary Magdalene was also a spice and flavor specialist because uh, in her fishing processing business, she cured dried salted fish and, and did the, this special kind of sauces and so forth. And uh, so it's very, very important to see how that God used her and, and she even had a connection uh, with the wife of Herod's student, a steward, uh, who did the buying for Herod's, uh, Herod Antipas a royal household. Uh, you can see that in Luke 8, too. So as you begin to see the plan, how that God set all these things in order, and we talked about in the past how that, um, that um, uh, you know, that they said there was these demons cast out of uh, uh, there was these demons cast out of um, uh, of Mary Magdalene. But we showed that if you go way, way back and you begin to check the spelling and the meanings of the word demon, you'll see where it used to be spelled uh, daemon, D-A-E-M-O-N. And and there's a different meaning between the word demon and daemon and, and, and daemon. Uh, uh, and, uh, and we explained that in the past, how that, that daemon meant genies, like, like from the word gene, genies which are even ancestral spirit impressions uh, to the DNA and genes of one's genetics going way back in time. And, and like the example, uh, in one sense, of the tares in Matthew 13, uh, 24, uh, and uh, Jude 4. Uh, so it's very, very interesting when we begin to look into these meanings, and then we have the the the, the diamond, uh, diamond, uh, which was another uh, spelling of demon, and it meant it means like ghosts, and uh, and then uh, we have demons, the actual word demon, D-E-M-O-N, and uh, which means evil spirits, devils possessing the body of of humans or even animals. And uh, so 
those are were important teachings, and they all told part of the story uh, uh, about Mary Magdalene and and uh, you know all these things that uh, that we are into uh, in a very very important uh, way, and uh, we we just don't want to miss this story. Uh, we read last week from uh, the Bible where it says the Father speaks in you by the Holy Spirit and takes different forms. We read, uh, uh, you know, uh, how that uh, the Bible says the Father sent the Son to be Savior of the world. That's the universe. That's the plan. He's to be the Savior to save this universe. We talked about that last week. Check uh, Isaiah fifty-one sixteen, Mark sixteen fifteen. Uh, just you know, trying to catch a few of these things because they're so very, very important. Okay, uh, you know, um, uh, let's uh, let's just skip real fast uh, uh, to understanding, like uh, this, the bridegroom message. You know, is is uh, bri- importance of the bridegroom broom, bridegroom garments. And, and 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 that's the fittings, and that's uh, the, having the language. Today, people say, "Yeah, well, I'm part of the the wedding of the you know the, the wedding going to be at the wedding supper of the Lamb." But you know, the Bible says there's going to be people up there, uh, show up there don't have the right garments. And these people that come in and they have an anti-woman uh, revelation and an anti-attitude. Anti, uh, uh, and 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 they are not recognizing uh, the 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 scripture that says in Christ Jesus uh, there is there is no difference between men and and women that they are equal, and, and when they they don't have that then they are not fitted with the right marriage garment, uh, they've they've got the wrong, wrong many uh, marriage understanding, they don't understand that women are covered. They, they have a coverage uh, because of the angels on their head as described by Paul and, and all the meaning that we explained that to you in the past. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, God is moving by his spirit on this, on this thing and, and he's, he's wanting us to know that Jesus, even while on the cross under, cruci- under uh, terrible pain and, and so forth, he still had enough composure, John nineteen twenty six to look out to see his mother and 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 John, his disciples, standing out there, who was actually his son in, from the, the the father's house, and he says, "Woman, behold thy son; disciple, behold thy mother." And and, and there comes a place uh, of understanding how that uh, there is this proxy power uh, to have someone stand in your place. And we saw this even back in the days of Moses, when when the seventy elders were chosen uh, to to uh, by God and through a revelation to Moses, for a proxy of the spirit of Moses to descend upon them, and how important that was. And we begin to understand that this revelation, you know, in Ephesians four nine and six, and and Psalm sixty eight eighteen about Christ ascending and descending. <coughs> We begin to understand that uh, you know that, that 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 was really really important about about how the scripture says that that you know what if you see Christ ascend or descend and then it also talked about that he said the day will come when you'll see angels ascending and descending uh, on on me uh, the Christ and uh, and then we have that incredible scripture I keep reading it to you Proverbs thirty fourteen this wisdom oracle. 
the, that goes on it says uh, who has gathered the wind in his his fist who is it that's ascended into the heaven who has descended who has bound the waters in his garments who has established all the ends of the earth and what is his name we know that's jesus christ yaviel and then what is his son's name if you uh, can discern someone says well might not be uh, uh, Melchizedek no 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 uh, Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek and and so when something's after the order of Melchizedek that gives you a line of, 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 of time value as it is being used in this earth in this part of the universe that doesn't mean that's of, it's of that same time value in some other part of, of uh, great history and so forth like that uh, and and uh, then then we've we've talked on so many different uh, uh, things, but again, the bride and the spirit say, "Come," you know. And the Bible says, "He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit." The mortal body uh, is joined to the body; it's one flesh. So we have these two different worlds: uh, the Son of Man and the Son of God. And people that can't get that message and they they want to not recognize it, then they are wiping out. The kinsman redeemer, how that that in Hebrews two eleven twelve through seventeen and Leviticus twenty five forty eight there was this revelation of only a kinsman being able to be a, a redeemer, and and the connection of that to Isaiah fifty three one through twelve, and and uh, and verse ten he shall see his seed and all the other scriptures that went with that that I've shared with you, and how important those teachings are, and how that Christ uh, that the head of Christ is God. And, and that he took on the seed of Abraham and he was born again, not of corruptible seed, and that there is a whole plan uh, for, for uh, Jesus, that, that uh, his, uh, this, his Artesian seed is, is going to uh, uh, be planted across the, the whole cosmos. And, uh, and it, it, it is so beautiful and so wonderful. Uh, let's quite quickly uh, get into some... Um, some uh, scriptures here, uh, you know, um, from the um, uh, MIV, uh, the Peace Manifest Bible, uh, you know. And uh, let's look at John fourteen ten. The words I speak to you and the, wor and the works that I do are not of myself. Though I seem to be the one performing, it is actually my Father who dwells in me that is performing. Believe me, for this I say unto you, though I touch you, you I touch you not. Uh, John fourteen twenty eight MIV. When I say I must go away, rejoice, for my Father's house is greater than this house of earth, and my Father, who I am, is greater than I. For my Father is is my greater co-un self, but I, having taken on the mortal body, am a lesser self. John twenty twenty one twenty two, the peace Bible, peace manifested Bible. Uh, Jesus photo translating his thoughts uh, imbued, uh, um, uh, you know, and uh, uh, imbued, uh, uh, Jesus photo translating his thought, his imbued thoughts, then Jesus photo translating him, his thoughts imbued, uh, uh, his disciples in a spirit of peace uh, declared, as I have received from my Father insight, not of this world, so also shall you receive insight from me, not of this world, having imbued them with, without the laying on of hands. Uh, uh, he also 
in the same manner shared virtue by breathing on them the promise of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> uh, blessed be the name of God. Uh, Jude 3, 6. Beloved, I have made it a great diligence to write to you not only about common salvation, but the urgency to advise you to contend uh, for the truth uh, known, once known by the saints and the angels, the ophanims that left their assigned destiny, risking separation from their aura soulship in the first domain. God spared alive in everlasting chains of molecular matter, human bodies, those failed messengers who are now humans and are waiting for judgment in trial and grading, as if, as to, if they will overcome the great umbra uh, for their prisonership in matter. Um, wow. There's just uh, so much neat and beautiful stuff here. Um, uh, Leviticus twenty twenty six. I have called you to a holy enlightenment that you might be come enjoined into the whole holiness of the Lord. You are a living, living bouquet that I have selected apart from the masses. I have beckoned you to flower my heart because you are a belonging love to me. That's Leviticus 20:26 MIV. Luke 1:79 MIV. Then shall the breath of the Holy Ghost uh, light be breathed upon the chosen that all things may be returned to their memories. Wow. Suddenly their feet, sh their feet shall walk the path of the Prince of Peace. Luke 6:37 MIV. The road to heaven is not wide and complicated and innum uh, with innumerable obstacles, but it is straight as a uh, it is, is straight of a truth that says, don't judge others, don't condemn others, forgive everyone, therefore your sins and transgressions will not be imputed against you. Mark 2.28, level 3, hundredfold. There is in the first domain during the perpetua uh, a when that a suspension of creation occurs. During this suspension, uh, no impressions or radiant energies are transmitted. Wow. Okay, now, we've got a little bit of time here, and we can talk about uh, some of these scriptures that are incredibly script incredible scriptures uh, about the Father. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, people say to me, who do I pray to? Well, Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this fashion. My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then what I do is when I start to say, give us this day our daily bread, I'll say, uh, in Jesus' name, give, give us this day our daily bread. So, so the prayer is, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be thy name, because we're hallowing the name of the Father. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, in Jesus' name, uh, you know, then we get into the supply and our daily need and so forth. So, so w w you're, you're not eliminating, uh, you know, this incredible name of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says there's no other name given among men uh, whereby a person may be saved. Uh, people don't understand totally by, by quite a long shot the total meaning of that verse. Uh, because that name, you know, has multiple flavors to it. But but the fact of the matter is, though, it's still a beautiful thing to recognize that name as as uh, Jesus the Christ. And it's that beautiful song, Jesus, Jesus, 
There's just something about that name. And there is something about that name. And that is true. So we work those together. There's times that we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Blessed art thou. I praise you and I worship you. And I ask that your son, Jesus Christ, will reveal himself in my heart and in my life and bring me forth in a way uh, that I will be able to manifest your works and manifest the things that please you and reveal to the, to the Lord this revelation of the Father and the Son and, and to understand that then how that the Holy Spirit sometimes operates as, as the mother and how that this is a, is a, 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 Trinidad, a, a Trinity family and, and that in the same token, though, through the, the, the kuuning that happens, uh, they that, when they become joined together, then they become one. And, and, uh, and so because the father uh, melds with uh, the mother and the mother melds with the Holy Spirit and they all three meld together, uh, then uh, they actually uh, come into the super I am. And I am then, you know, isn't father, uh, son, and, and mother anymore because it incorporates all three of them in a very special way of I am. And, and so it, there, there is a beauty there and an understanding there uh, which John uh, understood in some, uh, some wonderful ways uh, in, in his teachings, you know. And, and um, uh, in, in John, um, you know, um, and let's look at uh, uh, let's look at some scriptures in John here, uh, chapter eight, uh, where it says in verse twenty nine, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I always, for I, for I do always those things that please Him. Uh, verse thirty eight, I I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and ye do that which you have seen with your Father. There's the difference between a lot of people. They're into a, a physical world that has to do with relationships uh, that are survival of, 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 of that uh, human natural element. Uh, Jesus was into to, uh, a role of, of, of uh, presenting and manifesting the things that had to do uh, with the brightness of the kingdom that was not of this world. So he says, you know, you are of this world. I am not of this world. And and uh, we have to get that down before we will be able to make that transition, you know. I uh, verse thirty eight. I speak that which I have seen with the Father, and you do that which you've seen with your Father. Verse forty two. Jesus said unto them, If if God were your Father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but He sent me. So we have to understand that sometimes. There is a situation in which, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, might have been felt reluctant to even come out of the co-uning with the Father. I mean, that's such a nest. That's such an incredible place, such a warmth, such a total uh, supernal uh, place of holiness and righteousness and, and the perfection of perfections, uh, you know, the pluperfect. But, but the Father sent him. And the father gave him this this job, and and in the fifty third chapter thing is of Isaiah, it says it pleased the father to bruise him, 
And, and so sometimes we have to understand uh, when there are things that we are going through uh, and, and we are in Christ and we are trans-assimilated to Christ and, and God very well knows the extent we have taken and that has brought us into this special place in which uh, we are, the, the sins are not imputed against us, uh, that we are in a, a state of pardon and, and then sometimes it can be that it please God to bruise us. So there may be things that we don't want to do. There may be places that we may not want to go. There may be things that that out there on the boardwalk would be considered sins, like in the days of Jesus, when he touched the dead, uh, when he healed the lepers and touched them, when he broke the purification laws, when he broke the Sabbath laws, uh, when he broke other kinds of laws, you know, when he said to the woman, neither do I condemn thee. Oh, what a law that he broke there. And, 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 and people says, you know, he, he's, he, he's a glutton. And, 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 you know, he's, he's like a drunkard. And, and then he's, he's making all these acquaintanceship with all these women. And some of them are, you know, from, they're not good women, they're bad women. And, 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 uh, and Jesus says, I don't do anything but what the Father's telling me to do this. He said, there's nothing that I do that the, the Father tells me. So the Father was giving him a witness and saying, okay, now, you, you know, and he was writing on the ground and waiting for God uh, with this one particular woman uh, for this Holy Spirit to, to speak by the Father. And the Father said, Thou shalt not condemn her. And he says, Has any man condemned you, woman? And she said, No, they're all left. And that was because Jesus said, If you're without sin, you cast the first stone. They threw the stones down, they left because they knew they had sin. But they were ready to kill her, even though they did have sin, until it was brought to their attention. And then the Holy Spirit said, tell her that you do not condemn her. And so he, he, he said those things. And he, he was told where to go. He was told sometimes to mix with these people, these particular people that, that were really uh, considered, uh, you know, cursed or they were considered uh, uh, people that the priest wouldn't even walk on the same side of the street. Uh, uh, you know, and crossed their path. Uh, they just looked down and disdained them. But yet Jesus was told, you know, you go there and you do these things. So sometimes there's things that the Holy Spirit will tell you to do because it pleases the Father to bruise you because it's all part of a plan that's beyond the scope of anything that we as common human beings could ever begin to understand. And as we begin to get into that deeper, uh, incredible understanding by the Holy Spirit of these things that are above and beyond uh, the, the, the rituals of this world. And God says, go do this and go do that. And we say, oh, God, you know, uh, how can I do that? It was just like when the Lord, you know, told Peter, you eat of this. And he said, oh, God, I can't do that. I've never had, had anything like this come in my mouth. The same thing happened with Ezekiel. God, God said, you eat this certain thing. He says, I can't do that, God. He said, that's against all the, the rituals and so forth. And, 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 uh, and he says, well, you know, you can use dung. You can use dung as, 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 a, uh, as a substitute. But he said, you know, you're not going to follow 
the rituals of the law. He says, I'm going to have you break in the law because that law is not my law, never was my law. And so it pleased me uh, to bruise you, Ezekiel. It pleased, pleased me to bruise you, Isaiah. It pleased me to bruise you, Jesus. It pleased me uh, to bruise you, Moses and David. And, and uh, uh, God has a way. He has a way. And, and, but God also has a way of not imputing uh, those uh, things that you do uh, when you, when you are breaking the these these laws of man and and uh, and these things that the world is ready to condemn you over and the world is ready to crucify you over and the world is and, and you teach things and you say oh what about that subject could I just leave that subject off and not have to teach that subject because you know I've got people that are following me now and. If I start teaching this thing, you know, like about the, uh, you know, the Mary Magdalene and Jesus having a son and the Artesian thing and all of these incredible stories of the, you know, the Father's house connection, these people are just going to run from me. And, and the Bible says, you know, the Father, it pleased the Father to bruise the manifester. It pleased the, brother, the, the Father to, to bruise, to bruise him, and to have him speak these things, because there was a word that needed to get out in the Soundtron circuits, and and and, uh, and the father was not being concerned about uh, the number of the people, wasn't being concerned about who accepted, who who denied. Uh, he was being concerned, you know, that that there there was there there were things that needed to be said. Uh, like in the book of, of John, the last chapter of the, of the verse of, the, uh, of John, if all the things were written that should be written, I suppose that not even the world contain, contain it. If all the things were preached that should be preached, all the things were said that should be said, what a new world that we would have potentiated before us. The Father speaks and says, it pleased me to bruise you because I'm going to teach these things and I'm going to set people free and I'm going to heal people in a new and different way through this Gentile generative touch. Well, can't we just use a, sort of a common name and something that would be more acceptable to people? Won't, won't that scare them off and they think it's some kind of oriental thing? What I have written, I have written. What I have said, I have said. Go you therefore and do it, for it pleases me to separate you from your mother's womb. Blessed be the name of God. Oh, our Father, I love you so much. Our precious Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I love you. May you be blessed. May you be loved by all the world. Stretch forth your hand right now, Lord. Oh, Father, through your Son, the Lord, stretch forth your hand and heal the sick. Heal them this instant to the power of the Holy Ghost. Come through these, these wireless communications and begin to heal these bodies liberating them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet healing 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 and liberating them in the name of jesus christ 
Thank you, Father. God bless you. Amen.